Welcome to the Creativity Algorithm Podcast, the show that helps people and businesses have good ideas more often. Now here is your host, psychologist, author, and public speaker, Joe Swope. I don't enjoy the words, train yourself. Don't get me wrong. Just because I don't enjoy it doesn't mean I don't value it. Firmly believe in hardcore training for certain things. In many domains, working long, tireless hours is the only way to achieve what you want. Wait, stop. Let me rephrase that. Working long, tireless hours is the only way to change yourself so that you can achieve what you want. Progress doesn't come without change. When people work hard to lose weight, improve profitability, or get a promotion, what they're really working towards is changing themselves. Wait, stop again. Let me rephrase that. The goal isn't to change yourself. The goal is to change your brain. In later posts, we'll dig into the neurology of creativity. I hope you're not turned off or intimidated by that prospect because everything deals with the brain. If we're going to talk about creativity, if we're going to talk about relaxation, then we need to talk about the brain. You don't have a brain. You are a brain. If that's the case, then you don't have a skeleton inside of yourself. If you are the brain, then you are inside of a skeleton. That's why we need to dig a little deeper into neurology. Now, in previous posts, we mentioned that psychology is the parent of all sciences. Any scientist or philosopher who hopes to understand a difficult concept, any scientist or philosopher who hopes to understand a difficult concept must first grapple with what is understanding. Do they truly understand the concept they're working with, or do they just think they understand it? And how can we know the difference between those two? Now, changing your brain sounds ominous. Training yourself sounds unpleasant. In fact, the word train might seem to be the opposite of the word relax. It's actually not. Keep listening to see how those two concepts nicely fit together. First, as you hear this sentence, your brain is changing. In fact, everything you do actively and everything that is done to you or for you changes your brain. Your brain is not meant to be static. The more often you do something, the more permanent the change. Of course, the brain doesn't want to be permanent. It wants to change. If you disagree with this fact, why are you listening to this? Curiosity is evidence that the brain wants to change. Secondly, how can we guide how the brain changes? Well, just as gardening stakes and wires can guide how a plant grows, it's up to our brain to figure out how to help our brain grow in the right direction. So let's figure out a training program for your brain. Let's reference episode 10, what comes first? Does regularly engaging in relaxation allow the brain to change for the better, or does changing the brain for the better allow for regular relaxation? Relaxation is a skill. It can be practiced. In fact, it's a set of skills. The more often you do it, the easier it is to do. It's the old story of anything worth doing requires effort. It's strange to think that relaxing requires effort, but that's because most of us are almost constantly using our conscious mind to think, plan, anticipate, organize, and of course, work. We have trained ourselves to do that easily and automatically. Wait, stop, third time. Think back to when you were a teenager. 
Were you always so conscious of deadlines, goals, time management, and to-do lists? No, you weren't. But over time, your brain was trained to be the type A go-getter that has ironically driven enough to keep you listening to this episode about relaxation. We want to establish a relaxation routine. I wish EEG machines were cheaper. EEG machines stands for electroencephalograph. Those are the machines that allow for... Now, we don't use the word electrode because that scares people. It allows for sensors to be attached, kind of temporarily glued to the scalp, and read the electrical activity that the top of the brain called the cerebral cortex is producing. The cerebral cortex is where 75 or 80% of all of the neurons in your brain, think of it as the shingles of the roof, the very top outside layer of your brain. That's where all the thinking's done, and that creates the electricity that the EEG machine picks up because it's on the surface of the brain. Now, I also wish smartwatches and other wearables could measure brain waves. If so, we could use them to help us get into that alpha state that accompanies a relaxed but active brain. So let's establish just one relaxation routine for now. Routines, despite what certain romantic comedy movies portray as a warning sign of a rigid person, are actually really healthy. Of course, rigidity isn't usually healthy, but routines are. Remember when we said the brain wants to change? So rigidity is not something we want to shoot for, but regular structure is. Routines should be firm, not rigid. In future episodes, we'll explore adding different routines and techniques to your relaxation repertoire. Maybe you already have a relaxation routine. Maybe you don't make time for it every day. I don't. I wish I did. I'm not going to tell you what type of relaxation is going to work for you. Sometimes you just can't force yourself to relax, no matter how much you think you should. I will say that the routine should include some common elements. Uninterrupted time, slowed breathing, awareness of certain muscle groups, and something to think about. Here's a weird little twist. I suggest telling your family members and friends about your plans. You shouldn't have to sneak off to scratch out a few minutes for yourself. I mean, your family doesn't or shouldn't. This is important. It shouldn't bother you when you're brushing your teeth or engaging in other healthy routines. Explain what you're doing and why. I suggest that you should practice whatever relaxation routine works for you before you go to bed. Not necessarily as a way to fall asleep, but as a separate consciousness-changing activity. I also suggest that you do it tomorrow, too, and the next day. Of course, you cannot do it every day. But, and you know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, write down when you're going to do it. Put it on your calendar. Tell people about it. They will support you. In fact, they're probably going to be a little bit jealous and curious. Just because you're trying something new and they ask you about it, don't be shy. They're genuinely curious and maybe they want to follow in your footsteps. So don't hide away what you're trying to do. Do it with courage and others will follow. The more you do it, the more you will do it. On a neurological level, you will literally be changing your brain. Just as you direct a plant to grow in a certain direction, over time, that plant's stem becomes thicker and more sturdy. It will eventually be able to support its own weight and continue by itself in the right direction. As I mentioned in previous episodes, the way to have good ideas frequently show up in your mind's inbox is to practice relaxed engagement. It could be working with or on your hobby. 
If you don't have a hobby, a good way to reach relaxed engagement is to regularly invite your mind to play with sophisms while being in a relaxed alpha state. The sophism for this episode is written in the takeaway. So if you are the aforementioned type A personality who can't relax because relaxing just gets in the way of getting everything done, then don't think of relaxing as the goal. Think of relaxing as the way to achieve your goal. For the management professionals who are listening, what about not only encouraging employees to routinely relax, what if you incentivize it? I'm not saying take up valuable workday time with relaxation exercises, but what if you allowed for a generous prize drawing for those who submitted a relaxation log? Interestingly, let's go back to the idea of taking up valuable workday time with relaxation exercise. Would it yield a greater value than simply working as usual during that time? I suggest experimentation is in order with employee time. Takeaway for the week. Now, as you know, we end these episodes with a takeaway for the week, spreading the thoughts and the title of the next episode. Well, the takeaway for this week, use what works for you to relax. Meditation, tea, go for a walk, go for a run. You know you. Then ask yourself, if thinking and behaving can physically change the brain, then what is the limit of that? Is there a limit to how much your brain can change for the better? Thoughts come from the brain, right? And thoughts change the brain, right? Don't believe that? Does a good joke change your mood? And isn't mood just chemistry? Does a certain type of story inspire you and actually give you goosebumps? Change your brain with thoughts to get better thoughts. Spreading the thoughts. Do a search for a new way to relax. It can be anything as long as it is slightly different from what you are used to. Then share that new way with a family member or friend. Maybe even the one you told about your plans that you want to relax and invite creativity. Then, of course, talk to them about the creativity algorithm. Title of the next episode, Academic Definition Number 2. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Creativity Algorithm Podcast. To get in contact with Joe or to have him speak to your organization, please visit www.joeswope-publicspeaker.com.